Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, November 5th, 2021. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Uh, like, especially now, right? November. It's, uh, well, hang on a second, hang on. Let me do the housekeeping first before I start rambling. I always forget. Uh, Every week I like to uh, address the people who have found me for the very first time with a couple of notes. First, this is an amateur podcast. You're going to hear some background noise. It's done in my home office with a $100 mic and my laptop. I'm not in a studio. I'm not a pro. This is just some guy giving his opinion. You might hear my dogs bark. You might hear uh, somebody come to the door. I might fart. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? The point is, if I get deep enough into this goddamn thing and I fuck up, I'm not going back and re-recording it. So just deal with it. Secondly, if you're finding me for the very first time, chances are you don't know anything about my website. So if you have an opportunity, swing by oldhippymedia.com. Oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. There you're going to find links on where you can find me and follow me on the various social media apps. You're going to find my blog. I haven't done a blog uh, article in about a year. You're going to find links on where you can buy my first two books, which are entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020, both available in paperback or ebook formats. Um, you're going to find a link to my merch store. I believe we have 180, 190 items up for sale there. Uh, and our entire holiday line is out now. Six new Christmas designs. Three new Thanksgiving designs. You'll be able to find those on t-shirts and hoodies and phone cases and throw pillows and greeting cards and ornaments and wine tumblers and aprons and all kinds of shit. So go check that all out at oldhippymedia.com. And also while you're there and you're on that social media page, uh, check out the Patreon page. Uh, I do have a Patreon subscription service. If you like this podcast, uh, this podcast is going to remain free every week on Fridays. Uh, But over on Patreon, I do bonus content episodes, uh, podcast episodes, every other Tuesday with content that will only be be heard over there. There are four different subscription levels, and you will be getting physical benefits depending on which level you sign up on above and beyond the $4.20 a month tier. So uh, that's my Patreon subscription service that can be found on the social page at my website, oldhippymedia.com. Now, what I was saying at the beginning of the show was November. Damn. Halloween's done. That's it. It's over. Spooky season. Bye-bye. Welcome to the holidays. And I know some people could go, no, no. Christmas doesn't start until December. You know what the fuck's going on. It's the holidays. I don't give a shit. The holidays are Thanksgiving. All of the holidays in December around the various religions and all into New Year's. It's all encompassing. Shut the fuck up. If you don't want to put your tree up, that's one thing. But you know goddamn good and well we're into the holidays. So expect a heavy dose of holidays from around here. Moving forward. It is officially... Christmas season. Period. All right. Before we get into the stuff we're going to talk about for the uh, from the last week, 
uh, as I do every week uh, during the football season, uh, I give you uh, my football picks that are absolutely, positively guaranteed to go wrong. Uh, I do not pick the Thursday game because I record this on Thursday and I air it on Friday. Uh, so I don't even want the hint of impropriety when it comes to picking the Thursday game. Not that it matters because this year I suck balls anyway. Last week, your boy went six and eight. Hang in. Hang in. Six and eight, man. Six and eight. I, what the... I say it every fucking week. It's almost like a broken record at this point in time. I could blindfold myself while stoned and throw a dart at a board with all of the names of the football teams on it, and I could do better than six and fucking eight. I'm embarrassed. I now stand at a whopping 57 and 54. For this season, 57 and 54. Three games over 500 for the year. Eh? Eh, eh, eh. I, 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 I can't pick right worth a shit. <laughs> I have never had a season. Go back and listen. There's, what, three years of these podcasts now, I think? Go back and listen. I have never had a season this fucking bad. Never. Relax, that wasn't the sound of a uh, cigarette being lit. That was the sound of a joint being lit. Because as I read my record of 6-8 and eight for last week and 57-54 and 54 overall, I need to have my, my edges rounded in order to absorb and process that. Um... The big news story this week is Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID, so he will be out against the Chiefs. Having said that, let's go ahead and run through these picks that are sure to go wrong. Minus the Thursday game. This week's winners will most definitely not be (laughs) the Saints, Cowboys, Panthers, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, and I believe the Steelers will beat the Bears on Monday Night Football. Now, I don't do the Thursday picks, once again, because I record this on Thursday morning. Right now, it's 10.57 a.m. on Thursday. This isn't going to air until tomorrow. But tonight, my team plays. The Indianapolis Colts play against the New York Jets. And you could believe me or not believe me if I did this on Thursday or did it on Friday, but I don't, you see that I never do the Thursday game. This week, I'm going to tell you, I believe my Colts are going to pull it off. I think they're going to beat the Jets and get another win. They need to get another win, so go Colts. All right, that's enough of the football. I know not everybody's a sports fan. I don't like to spend much time on it, uh, so let's move on. Um, personal news. Uh, let's discuss very quickly the podcast schedule for the next two months because this is the period of time in which people go, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast episode. So let me just explain to you what I anticipate being the schedule for the next two months as we enter the ho- excuse me, holiday season. Obviously, there's the podcast today. I anticipate a podcast the next two Fridays and then no episode the week of Thanksgiving. 
as we get into the month of December, what I anticipate is an episode for each of the first three weeks and then no episode the last two weeks, returning the first week of January and kicking off a whole new year of episodes. But that's all going to depend on whether or not I wind up having hip surgery. Uh, Because on another personal note, I finally have been scheduled for my MRI, which is going to take place on uh, the day before Thanksgiving. They're going to knock me out, put me in the tube the day before Thanksgiving, and um, I probably won't see, uh, be able to talk to anybody about the readings, unless a miracle happens, until the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, And then I'm hopefully, if I need surgery, I'm hopefully going to be able to be scheduled soon. I don't know how that's all going to work out. We're going to see. At this point in time, I am literally just hoping that a tear somewhere that can be repaired arthroscopically is all they're going to find. Uh, I have reached the age where I now wonder as they start taking pictures and poking and prodding what they're going to find. And if I'm being completely honest with you, uh, I have have a hard time saying this to anybody, including my wife, which is why I find it easy to say to people when I'm in a room by myself, like when I'm doing a live or if I'm on this podcast, but, uh, and I don't know why I can't bring myself to talk to people about it, but uh, I am scared shitless they're going to find something inside of me. Like, legit scared. Uh, like, Wondering if I'm going to get into that tube, they're going to take these pictures and they're going to go, oh yeah, your labrum has got a tear on it and that's resulting in your, uh, your, your pain when you, when you move your hip in this position, in that position. We're going to need to get in there and, and arthroscopically repair that. You're going to be on your ass for a little while and then you're going to go through some physical therapy. But, uh, oh, by the way, while we were taking pictures of you, we found X. Here's your treatment options <sighs> I got nothing to base that on other than I'm f- over 49 years old and uh, I have put into my body every bad thing you could possibly imagine for it so it just that's all i i'm just hoping that uh that this doesn't turn out to be the day that forever alters the rest of my life i've had a lot of days that have altered my life forever and days that have altered my life forever in very positive ways uh the day i ran away from my mother's house and decided to stop letting people hit me was a day that forever altered my life. Uh, the day I dropped out of high school was a day that I forever altered my life. The day Jerry Garcia died is a day that forever altered my life. The day I met my wife is a day that forever altered my life. 
the day I became a father forever altered my life. The day I retired forever altered my life. And in each instance, uh, my life got altered for the better than it was before. And uh, I'm just wondering if my luck hasn't run out. And this is going to be the one that forever alters my life in a negative way. And I'm just not ready for it, that's all. So, my shit to deal with. I will uh, I will deal with it. Um, we're going to continue. You know, we're talking about the schedule of this podcast. We're going to continue to uh, talk about news and a few personal, modern, up-to-date personal stories. But over on the Patreon subscription service is where I'm going to be doing much more in-depth, deeper dives into my past, personal stories from my... my myself uh, during all times of my life when I was getting beat as a kid when I was living on the road when I was uh, a business owner you know uh, tales from what it's like being married and having kids so that's going to be what you're going to hear on the Patreon uh, just to give you a little bit of background uh, about that over there so um, that's what I got going on <laughs> That's what I got going on. November and December. Um, how do I put this? Uh, I always look forward to November and December, right? Uh, November means we start getting cold. I can do away with the fucking the back sweat. <laughs> uh, it turn the fucking air conditioner off and we start getting into the holidays December it gets really fucking cold and Christmas is my jam January is when we go to Jamaica and my wife and I get to shut the world off and spend 10 days just being Tom and Renee and it's all gonna suck this time because now I'm going to be on edge until the end of December waiting on this goddamn test. And then I'm going to be on edge in, in December waiting to hear on results. And then dealing with whatever the fuck those results are and how I'm going to move forward. And we're not going to fucking uh, Jamaica in goddamn January. And uh, it's just going to be a shitty winter. But I am not going to let it be a shitty winter for everybody around me. That's why you guys are here. And I understand my wife listens to this too, but you guys are my therapy. So I don't have to make it shitty for the people around me. I don't have to unload this on the people around me and I can keep things moving in a positive direction here. Uh, but man, am I not looking forward to this winter like at all. At all. All right. We're going to put that to the side and we got to jump into the world of politics, which is what I do here. That's what the fuck you guys showed up for. So let's do that. Um, let's start with Tuesday's election results. I got a whole bunch of notes here. Um, hang on a second. Let me pull up something over here. Let's start with Tuesday's election results because they're significant. Uh, incumbent Phil Murphy. Democrat defeated, uh, I always pr mispronounce this guy's name, Jack Citarelli, I believe it is, Republican, uh, as well as three other candidates to win re-election as uh, governor of New Jersey. 
Uh, Murphy is the first Democrat to win re-election as governor of New Jersey since uh, Brendan Byrne did it in 1977. Uh, we had Jason, I hope I'm saying this right, Marius defeating incumbent Mark Hearing, Democrat, to uh, win election as Virginia's Attorney General. Hearing uh, was first elected in 2003 as the Democratic Attorney General of Virginia and was unseated. Um, Glenn Youngkin defeated uh, uh, Terry McAuliffe for the gubernatorial election. Uh, and that means that uh, Virginia will have a Republican triplex after the election as the Republicans also took the state house by a very slim margin as well as uh, as I said the um, uh, sorry attorney general so now the Republicans have the attorney general seat uh, the state house and the governor's mansion Democrats still retain the state senate seven of the eleven uh, members of the delegation to the house of representatives both senatorial seats and the Secretary of State's office. So it's still a blue state. People who are telling you it's a red state because of Tuesday's election are not looking at the big picture, and they're hoping. They're holding on to whatever they can hold on to. Hang on one second. Sorry. They're holding on to any hope they can hold on to because they've been getting smoked in every election possible since Trump got elected. Sorry, excuse me. Quick nose blow. It happens. You know what I mean? Once again, amateur podcast. As I was saying, Republicans have been getting smoked in elections. They got smoked in the 2018 midterms. They saw record turnout to defeat their agenda in 2020. They lost Georgia in a special election when the Senate came down to reliably Republican Georgia. They coughed it up. So they're holding on. They're clinging to this one. And of course, there are some other election results there. There was uh, uh, some school board results, a handful of mayoral races, probably the most significant of which and noteworthy of which would be New York, where the Democrat won with 77% of the vote, defeating Republican Curtis Sliwa. Uh, If you recognize that name, Curtis Sliwa is the uh, completely batshit crazy founder of the Guardian's Angel angels gang they were the red jackets and they patrol the streets protecting the innocent uh so what does all of this mean new jersey uh governor uh when democratic governor wins re-election first democrat to do so since the late 70s virginia's uh gubernatorial race and, and state house go red along with the attorney general well if you ask republicans it means that it's the beginning of a red wave and it very well could be the beginning of a red wave Right? We're a year away from the 2022 midterm elections in which we're going to determine the, uh, the makeup of the entire Congress. Right? Uh, it very well could be the start of a red wave. What I saw in Virginia was not necessarily a rebuke of Trump-like politics, like Trump-like policies, but a rebuke of Trump-like characters. Right? They want real politicians speaking about policies that Trump cared about. Like, there was a, it was some Trump fatigue. And if the Republicans pay attention, they can use what happened in Virginia as a bit of a uh, blueprint, a, bit of a, a bit of a roadmap. 
if, um, sorry, I was reading a little note there. If Democrats pay attention to it, they will learn how to change the way they talk to people. Terry McAuliffe's conversation about education uh, is what flipped that race, right? Terry McAuliffe, uh, I believe, rightfully said the wrong way of putting something that was in his mind, right? Uh, he said that parents shouldn't be involved in in the curriculum uh, with their kids' education. Right? That's why we have a board of education. That's why you have a school board. He did not mean that parents shouldn't be involved in their kids' education. What's going on in this country is parents are literally walking into school libraries and taking books they disagree with off of shelves and no it's not just one example it's a bunch of examples on a bunch of different books and they're going to school board meetings and they're physically threatening school board members they're showing up to school board meetings and telling school board members that they know where they live that they're coming for them that they're not going to be able to hide from them they're showing up to school board members houses and yelling at their homes through megaphones that they're they're going to die on this hill and that they can't hide in their houses this is what Terry McAuliffe was addressing and he was fucking right we have a lunatic fringe in this country that believes that they have a right to walk into a school board meeting and demand that the school board members step down and insert whatever fucking curriculum these batshit crazy tinfoil hat brigade motherfuckers want installed. Well, I got some news for all you cocksuckers that want to show up to these fucking school board meetings, and you'll have to forgive me. This is not my usual self. I, I usually remain calm when talking about these things, but you know what? I got two kids in school, so now you're going to hear what I have to say about it, okay? And what I have to say about it is, you can go fuck yourself. You can go fuck yourself hard with whatever inanimate object you feel like fucking yourself with. You don't like what the fucking school board is doing? Find different candidates and elect a different school board. Who the fuck are you to go into a fucking school board meeting and threaten your fucking neighbors? You're going to show up to one of your fucking neighbor's houses and threaten their fucking lives while their children are inside, eating fucking dinner, wondering what the fuck's going on on the sidewalk in front? You're a fucking piece of shit. You want to start threatening motherfuckers in the neighborhood because you don't like what the school board's doing? I'm your fucking Huckleberry. Fucking leave the school board members alone, you coward piece of shit. You fucking come try me with that shit. It ain't no fucking secret where I'm at. Tom Powell Jr., Shanahan, Illinois, you motherfucker. My address is public fucking knowledge. Go fuck yourself. You're going to threaten your own fucking neighbors over fucking mask mandates. You coward piece of shit, treasonous motherfuckers. And what did Terry McAuliffe do? He spoke out on this shit, and it cost him his governorship. That's fine. Terry McAuliffe didn't know how to speak about it. I can guarantee you, Democratic candidates in 2022, they are going to know how to speak about it. And we are not going to let you lunatic motherfuckers continue to storm school board meetings and threaten the lives of people who volunteer their motherfucking time to help educate your children for the betterment of society as a whole. You piece of fucking shit. You try me with that fucking shit. 
I guarantee you, you don't have the fucking balls. No, you're going to go stand outside of Mrs. So-and-so's house, the single mom who volunteers her time on a school board while her three kids are inside scared shitless. You fucking coward piece of shit. And then you guys are going to proclaim yourselves to be the patriots in this fucking country. You're not fucking patriots. You're domestic terrorists. You're the kind of people that should be dealt with in such a manner that whatever's left of you can be cleaned up with a fucking sponge. You want a case in point? Listen to this fucking shit. We're going to go on a little local level here for you. We have a congressional candidate in the next town over that apparently doesn't want to hear from his citizens after he himself loves to play the role of the internet troll. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to discuss this fucking guy because he's a prime example of what the fuck I'm talking about, getting people riled up. I'm talking about congressional candidate, Republican congressional candidate, Michael fucking Rebresh. I thought this guy was just another fucking internet loon. Right? Part of a local community Facebook page. I'm very active on that page. I discuss politics with people from both sides of the aisle in my local hometown and have for years in the local pages. About a year and a half uh, ago, out of nowhere, a gentleman who I did the looking, I dug into the page's history for him, had not commented on that page prior to commenting on uh, uh, uh Something I had said on a page. He comes in out of nowhere and leaves a reply to one of my comments telling me that he spotted me in a drive-thru and I was giving nasty looks to somebody. Whatever. It's, it's lunacy. The point is, the guy just, like, appeared out of nowhere. Nobody, I, like, I had talked to a bunch of other people after this guy went on this lunatic rant and said, have you ever heard of this guy? I said, never fucking heard of this guy. Never seen him. They did searches on the pages. The guy never commented before this. He shows up out of nowhere and I am his first target, right? And he goes on a days and weeks long rampage. Every time I commented on anything, every time I posted on anything, this motherfucker showed up to have something to say. And it was always off the wall, batshit crazy, just word salad, right? Word salad. And I was like, okay, you're just a little stalkerish. So I blocked him, left him in the rearview mirror. You know, he, he wrote a book. Uh, about being uh, the personal driver for Ron Santo for a few years. He was a limo. He owned a limo company, right? I, I know exactly where the guy lives in town. It's fucking, it, it, it's weird, right? You know, he's telling me about where he, I know where I live. He knows where I live. And I'm like, who gives a fuck if you know where I live? Yeah, I was a fucking uh, an elected candidate and I, run a, I ran a business in town. Everybody knows where I live, you dumb fuck. It's just, it was just really weird. So I blocked him and I put him in my rearview mirror. And honestly... Forgot all about him. And then, last year, we had a little local organized protest spring up. The Million Unmasked March. We're going to march on Springfield. And we're going to demand that they let our kids go to school unmasked. We're going to get a million people to march on Springfield here in Illinois. I'm like, wow, that's being organized in Manuka? Who the fuck is organizing the Million Unmasked March in Manuka? Ding, 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 ding. Michael Rebresh. 
Oh, I get it. This guy appears out of nowhere, starts throwing his verbal weight around on a local community page because he's got to start making a name for himself. This guy's trying to make a name for himself for something. Look at him. Now he's organizing this protest. Now, of course, it didn't uh, uh, hurt him any that it became an advertisement opportunity for his limo company that, due to the pandemic, was suffering. And he started offering discount deals for anybody that wanted to have a group drive down to Springfield since, you know, he was going anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this fucking used car salesman gets about 100, 150 people to show up in Springfield. It's a total failure of a protest. Absolutely nothing becomes of it. They had more porta-potties than they did people. And once again, he fades off into the distance, and I don't hear from him. And then, poof. Adam Kinzinger is all of a sudden real, real vulnerable in Illinois' 16th Congressional District, which just got uh, eliminated when we redrew the maps. And Michael Rebresh announces he's now running for Congress. So even though he was left in the rearview mirror, he has decided to become a public figure. He wants to run for an elected office? Fine. Let's make sure everybody knows exactly what kind of person you are. The kind of person that goes on insane word salad rants, attacking people that you've never fucking met. Spotting people in drive throughs that you don't even fucking know in what can only be described as stalkerish behavior demanding that kids in the local school system go to school unmasked when you don't have any fucking kids in the school system. So, somebody made a post about something being expensive in the next town over. And Michael Rebresh for Congress Facebook page came in and went on a word salad rant of misspelled words and piss poor punctuation talking about a subject that wasn't actually the subject at hand. And I commented to that, maybe you should learn how to form complete sentences and spell properly before you run for Congress. And I've been blocked for that by that page. Funny, you wanted to come after me for weeks and weeks and weeks when we were both private John Q. citizens, but now you want to block me? Mm, dog, doesn't work that way. Not one bit. Now, you are my favorite local political topic. Where you go, I go. We're going to make sure everybody knows all about you. Welcome to the new political season, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm going to attempt to do a commercial here. So I'm going to pause, attempt to do a commercial. I doubt this is going to upload because I don't quite know how to upload them yet. And then we're going to do the second half of this podcast. I'll be right back. All right, uh, hopefully that commercial I just recorded uploaded. If not, it's going to seem like a little blip, blip, blip in the middle of the podcast, and I apologize if it didn't upload. Still trying to figure all this shit out. It'll be okay. Um, we'll get it all worked out. I want to move on to the FEC uh, for my next subject, but before I do, I want to go back to the last subject I was talking about before I, I had this little brief commercial break, uh, the local elections. Um I'm tired of tap dancing around local elected officials. I'm tired of tap dancing around local candidates. And I know that some of the local people might hear that and go, well, wait a minute, you went after the town's former mayor full throat on Facebook for two years. Uh, yeah, but that's just because he was a clown. These people are, are fucking dangerous. 
legitimately fucking dangerous. These people back what happened on January 6th. These people back the Trump agenda. And these people back domestic terrorism. I'm sorry. We, I'm, I'm done pussyfooting around. You're a local elected official. You're a local candidate. I may not have much of a voice, but whatever voice I do have is now going to be focused on you as we head into local elections. You want to run for Congress, you want to run for local town board, you want to run for township board, you want to run for county board, you want to run for state house or senate, I'm going to be talking about you. And blocking me on some social media app isn't going to stop my voice from getting out there. You just go ahead with the rest of your fucking day understanding that, okay? We are officially into election season. And you guys are public figures. You asked for this, you got it. All right, now let's move on to the FEC because I can't fucking believe what Axios has been reporting out of the FEC. The FEC, in a 4-2 to two vote, has voted to allow foreign money to be used in American ballot initiatives and referendums. Because, the FEC says, that initiatives and referendums don't meet its legal definition of a, quote, election, unquote. You're not electing somebody to a position. Now, somebody might ask, well, who are the four people? It was the three Republicans and one Democrat, Chairwoman Shanna Broussard. The ruling says that the FCC says that the Supreme Court has, quote, long recognized that the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971 regulates only candidates' elections, not referenda or other issue-based ballot measures. Consistent with the Act and court precedents, the Commission has observed that spending related only to ballot initiatives is generally outside the purview of the Act because such spending is not in connection with elections. Okay. Now, why is the FCC doing this? Well... Uh, the FCC ruling is in response to a 2018 complaint alleging that a Canadian subsidiary of Australian firm Sandfire Resources illegally donated to two groups that were campaigning against a referendum that would have created new restrictions on hard rock mining in Montana. It's all about money. It's, it's all about fucking money. It's always about money. The proposal was defeated. The FCC also considered the question on whether it was legal for foreign nationals to donate to ballot measures uh, specifically campaigns in 2015, an HIV AIDS advocacy group, sorry for tripping over my words there, filed a complaint alleging $327,000 in donations from foreign entities were made in an unsuccessful bid to defeat a 2012 California ballot initiative requiring adult film actors to wear condoms while filming. So just to show you that it's, uh, it, it goes into all realms where foreign money is, is, is being used to influence ballot initiatives and here's the problem 
Okay, people think that it's got it's, it's, it doesn't have too much to, uh, influence. Look at what is a ballot initiative. Look look what's put on ballots as far as initiatives that are not covered under the quote unquote elections definition because you're not electing somebody, right? Here in Illinois, we had a ballot initiative as to whether or not we should amend the Illinois Supreme Court. That is something that, according to the FEC, can be influenced with as much foreign money as humanly possible. You know what else this has a very, very big potential to interfere with and influence? Congressional district mapping. Now, the one good thing is that this covers federal law only. It does not prohibit states from making their own laws to prohibit federal money from being used for ballot initiative influence, and seven states have already uh, passed such laws. Uh, All I'm saying is pay attention to what state you're in, maybe get a hold of your state level elected officials and let them know that you do not want foreign money interfering in any way, shape, or form with local ballot initiatives. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Because if your state doesn't pass a law that prohibits that, then federal law stands and federal law now says they can be used. Those foreign dollars can be used to influence our ballot initiatives. It's fucking crazy. I, I, I can't even believe the, the level of crazy we got to deal with there. I don't give a fuck what the Act of 1971 says. You have an opportunity to rule right now whether or not foreign dollars can be used to influence ballot initiatives. If your ruling gets taken to court and works all the way up to the Supreme Court, so fucking be it. But rule the goddamn right way. You know goddamn good and well, foreign dollars shouldn't be anywhere near a ballot in the United States of America. I don't give a fuck if it's for a candidate or a ballot initiative. I'm sorry, you guys were wrong. Vote the right way and deal with it in the courts. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I don't know. That uh, Technically, that's not an election because you're not electing anybody. So, yeah, go ahead and pump millions of foreign dollars into American ballot referendums. What the fuck? Jesus, Mary, and fucking Joseph. People have lost their fucking minds. Speaking of losing your fucking mind, can we talk about Lauren Boebert for a minute? Holy shit. Now, what happened this week with Lauren Boebert and her campaign was minor but funny, right? It's just another thing on top of the dung pile that is Lauren Boebert.
campaign this past week mistakenly identified Lauren Bober as a representative of Utah in a report submitted to the FEC, Federal Election Commission, on Thursday. Quote, thanks for reaching out, end quote. A spokesperson for Lauren Bobert said in response to an inquiry from Forbes who had to bring it to their fucking attention. An earlier version of the report for the campaign's third quarter of 2021, filed October 15th, listed Bobert State as Colorado, which is where she's from. A revised version was filed Thursday and changed the state and congressional district from Colorado 3 to Utah 3, among other amendments. How is this person an elected representative? And I'm being serious when I say that. She owns a restaurant in Colorado that's gun-themed, and people carry their guns openly everywhere in there, including the staff, from best of my knowledge. Um, and she's got a bit of a sketchy past. Let's take a little walk through Lauren, Lauren Bobert's past here. Because this is what happens when you let white trash into office. And yeah, I said white trash. Fuck you. Okay? June 2015. Arrested for disorderly conduct when she interfered with police officers arresting minors for underage drinking. Which makes me suspect she either bought the underage uh, uh, minors the alcohol or was participating in drinking with them. Either way, she interfered with the cop arresting them, told the kids to run, and was arrested for, uh, what did I say it was? Disorderly conduct. While being arrested, she screamed she had friends at Fox News and that this illegal arrest would be made national news. So much for back in the blue, huh? Uh, Upon that arrest, or after that arrest, she subsequently missed two court appearances and was arrested again in December of 2015. A year later, in September of 2016, Bobert was charged with careless driving and operating an unsafe vehicle after rolling her truck into a ditch. When she failed to show up for court a month later, a warrant was issued for her arrest. She was booked on February 13, 2017 and ultimately pled guilty to unsafe vehicle charge, paid a fine, and the careless driving charge was pled out. Seems like this law and order gal has a hard time showing up for her fucking court appearances, doesn't it? September 2010, Bobert arrested after a neighbor... Michelle Soet, I hope I'm saying that right, accused Bobert's two pit bulls of attacking Soet's dog. Soet's dog narrowly escaped injury after jumping into the van. Bobert pled guilty to a single count of dog at large, paid a fine. Bobert's future husband, who at the time was her boyfriend, was also un- not unfamiliar with uh, local law enforcement. Let's put it that way. January 2004, he was arrested for allegedly exposing his dick to two women at a bowling alley, according to an arrest affidavit. Lauren Bobert, then age 17, and going by Lauren Opal Roberts, because she wasn't married yet, was also there. Jason Bobert pled guilty to public indecency and lewd exposure, earning himself four days in the pokey and two years of probation. February 04. A month later, he's booked on domestic violence charge against Lauren Bobert. He, quote, did unlawfully strike, shove, or kick and subjected her to physical contact, unquote. A spokesman for Garfield Associate County Clerk told uh, 
the uh, post, the article I'm reading here for you. Bobert, uh, then boyfriend and ultimate husband, Jason, for that one served seven days in jail. In May of 04, during an altercation with Jason at his home, Bobert scratched his Bobert scratched his face and chest and thrashed his residence, according to a police report. She was arrested and charged with a third-degree assault charge, criminal mischief, and underage drinking charges. This is Colorado Thirds representative. This is the new sweetheart of the right. The gal that are all trying to put in their commercials, the one that everybody wants to be the face of the uh, the party right now, Lauren Boebert. This this is just a say. This is what we know about. Let's be honest. This makes the caribou hunter up in Alaska and her band of Mary Hilljacks look fucking tame. These morons are getting arrested every fucking couple of years. Jesus fucking Christ. Colorado, how the fuck you elect somebody like this? How? Still going around like MTG talking about how the election was stolen too? That's another thing that happened this past week. We surpassed the one-year anniversary of the election. One year since Trump lost, and they're still saying that he's coming back. We'll get into more of that whole shit, the lunacy, at the end of this episode as we're going to talk about QAnon. Again. Before we get down to that QAnon stuff, though, um, let's get into example number I fucking lost count on why Trump can't be trusted to ever, ever, ever tell you the truth. This is such a minor bullshit thing, and it's proof that he's a pathological liar, right? There's absolutely zero fucking reason to lie about this, right? But he had to, and he did. This past week, Trump lied when he claimed that uh, he was invited to Game 4 of the World Series by New York Yankees President Randy Levine and Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Quote, looking forward to being at the World Series in Atlanta tonight, said Trump in a statement from his Save America PAC on Saturday. Quote, thank you to Commissioner of Baseball Rob Manfred and Randy Levine of the great New York Yankees for the invite. Milani and I are looking forward to a wonderful evening watching two great teams. New York Regional Sports Network, SNY, notes that Trump's statements, quote, ran counter to a Wednesday report in USA Today in which Braves CEO Terry McGurk said, quote, he called Major League Baseball and wanted to come to the game. We were surprised, but of course said yes, end quote. So you called baseball, Major League Baseball. I want to come to the game. Can you get me a box? Yeah, of course. And then you got to go and lie and say you were invited. 
Why? For a couple of reasons. One, it's physically impossible for you to tell the truth. It's physically impossible for Trump to tell the truth. He cannot do it. Two, because Trump isn't invited to shit. And he's got to be the one people want to be around, not the one imposing himself on others, which is exactly what he did. Nobody wanted him there. His fucking wife didn't even want to be with him. Did you see the look on her face in the video? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. If I could quote Dennis Miller, that marriage couldn't be any more about convenience if you installed a Slim Jim rack at the foot of their bed. But he's a pathological pathological lion sack of shit, and he cannot tell the truth about anything, so he makes himself look like an even bigger moron when he lies about being invited to a fucking ball game. Of course, in Trump land, we also have uh, a lawyer. It was reported a lawyer for uh, former President Trump sent an email to an aide for former Vice President Mike Pence during the Capitol attack, blaming Pence for the January 6th insurrection. I was reading this this week. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This is all according to emails obtained by the Washington Post. Attorney John Eastman, who worked closely with the former president, sent an email to Greg Jacob, a former aide for Pence, accusing Trump's number two of causing the Capitol insurrection that led to several deaths, including those of Capitol Police officers. Eastman alleged that Pence caused the violence on January 6th because he did not block the certification of electoral college votes while presiding over the Senate, a role for the sitting vice president that is largely ceremonial. Trump falsely claimed before the attack that Pence had, quote, the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors, end quote, in a tweet. This is a quote. The siege is because you and your boss did not do what was necessary to allow this to be aired in a public way so that the American people can see for themselves what happened. That was, that was from a, an email that Eastman sent to Jacob referring to allegations of widespread voter fraud. I, what? The email from former Trump lawyer came after Jacob sent an email to Eastman blaming the Capitol riot on Trump for continuously saying the election was rigged. Quote, thanks to your bullshit, we are now under siege, end quote. Jacob said in an email. Jacob later apologized to Eastman for cursing in the email, but stood by his comment, which he fucking should have, because that's why they were under siege. I don't know what part of this you fucking morons don't get, but the vice president in that role cannot stop the certification. Can't. In order to stop the certification, 
Certain steps have to be taken by members of the House and Senate, and it has nothing to do with the fucking Vice President of the United States, you human ingrown toenail. It actually scares the fuck out of me to think how dangerous these fucking morons would be if they actually knew how this shit worked. How dangerous could Trump have been if he actually knew how government worked? Huh. I don't I'm not sure we would have an America right now. We dodged a fucking bullet with the fact that this time it was a bunch of incompetent fucks. We better fucking hope that it's, a, it's the same level of incompetency the next time. Or this country's gone. You want a prime example? We're going to talk about that right now for our last story. Hang on a goddamn minute, because this can't be talked about without an adequate amount of fucking marijuana in my lungs. Unless you were living under a rock. This past Tuesday, you saw the images of the QAnon shitheels gathering in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas to await the return of both JFK and JFK Jr. And no, that's not... I didn't misspeak. I didn't misread. You didn't mishear it. That's right. A fuckton of QAnon loyalists showed up in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas. You know, the site where JFK was shot in the fucking head. To await the return of John F. Kennedy, who would be, I think, 103? And his son, who died in a plane crash at Martha's Vineyard 22 years ago. Why, Tom? Were QAnon shit, shit brains gathered in Dealey Plaza to await the return of two dead members of the same family? Well, it's a damn good question, Billy. Let me tell you. Uh, see, QAnon, a chunk of them, believe that these two people are still alive. JFK, JFK Jr., uh, along with Michael Jackson and Princess Diana. They believe that the United States of America, many, many, many decades ago, was sold to somebody, an entity, over in Europe. And we have been a corporation ever since. And Trump, when he became president, which I don't understand how he was president when none of the other presidents of my lifetime were presidents, because they say that you can't be president of a corporation and so none of these presidents were legit, but Trump somehow had real power, and he managed to file bankruptcy on the Corporation of America, thus putting us back in sovereign uh, uh, status. And um, JFK was supposed to show up on Tuesday at the site of his assassination and anoint Trump as 
the real president, and I believe, if memory serves me correct, correctly, it would be the 19th true president of the United States because we had a bunch of real presidents before the United States became a corporation, and we had a bunch of fake presidents, and then Trump would have been the new president once JFK anoints him that. And JFK would make his son, JFK Jr., Trump's vice president, which really doesn't make any fucking sense why uh, JFK would anoint Trump uh, to be the top bill and Jay, his own son to be the VP. But, okay, let's just run with this because, fuck it, why not? Um, now, why? Why, 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 fucking why do these idiots believe this shit? And that's what you are. I'm sorry, if you're QAnon, you are a fucking moron. If you ha- If you're a Republican, you have an opposing political view... And we need to figure out a way to come together and work together. If you're a QAnon supporter, a QAnon follower, you're a fucking dumbass. You're literally too stupid to be allowed to breed, let alone vote. You're that fucking stupid. So let's get into a little bit Cliff Notes version as to not melt your fucking brain today into why QAnon believes or what QAnon believes and why they believe the Kennedys are helping Trump. The dead Kennedys. And no, we're not referring to the band. The dead Kennedys. Well, part of it stems from the fact that they believe that... You remember back when JFK Jr. was alive and he was like a, a socialite in New York City, in Manhattan. He was a celebrity. He didn't want anything to do with fucking politics. He was a celebrity. And he hung out with from time to time, other celebrities. Well, who was another celebrity in Manhattan back then? Donnie McFuckstick. That's right, Der Muskfuhrer himself. And from time to time, they were at the same parties because that's what celebrities do. Trump glommed on to anybody. So they think that JFK Jr. and Trump are good friends. Pals, buddies. They also believe that Trump himself is Kennedy's, JFK's, uh, the the older Kennedy, the father, uh, his cousin. If you have not had an opportunity to check Rachel Maddow's show out recently, you've got to. uh, She showed you some video of some people discussing this, and it is what they believe. Uh, They believe that uh, there's some weird six degrees of Kevin Bacon separation going on and somehow the Kennedys and the tr- and, and Trump are all related to one another and Mussolini is tied in there and Patton's tied in there because they believe that Trump is actually the offspring of General Patton. Trump's father is not his real father, according to them. Trump's father is actually General Patton. They believe that Joe Kennedy didn't die. He went into hiding, and he's actually the father of, um, uh, fuck. What's, God damn it, I should have, I had my notes better prepared. I I apologize. Uh, the guy that just got arrested for Trump here. Uh, Michael 
the fuck is his name? Sorry, I'm looking it up right now. I apologize. Um, his NSA advisor, for fuck's sake. Michael Flynn. I believe Joe Kennedy fathered Michael Flynn while he was in hiding. I shit you not. I'm, I'm not making any of this up, right? I'm telling you shit that these guys are actually believing, right? They believe... Okay, so where does Michael Jackson... So what, what have we got so far? They believe Joe Kennedy went into hiding and actually became the father of, of Michael Flynn. They believe that Trump is the father or the, the son of uh, General Patton and that JFK and Trump are actually cousins, which makes Trump JFK Jr.'s uncle. Now, where does Princess Diana and Michael Jackson come into play? Well, this is the whole big trifecta that QAnon has these fucking weak-minded pieces of shit believing. And that's what they are. I'm sorry, because this shit's gone on too far. So what they believe is that JFK Jr. carries with him all of the secrets of our nation, our federal government, right? That he faked his death because he's got all the secrets to our nation's entire history. Princess Diana faked her death, and she carries with her all of the dirty secrets of the royal family, and Michael Jackson faked his death, and he carries with him all of the dirty secrets of Hollywood. And the three of them are planning on coming out together to expose the world's dirty secrets, but in secret, behind closed doors, they've been working with Trump to rid the world of America of the of of the of the uh, the, the globe's uh, pedophiles and uh, drain the swamp. And, and no, I'm not making this up. No, Tommy hasn't had too much of the danky danky. <coughs> I'm going to dive in for another hit right now. And I can tell you, I could do it 864 more times right now on air with you. And I still won't get high enough to make any of this shit make sense. These fucking people have lost their fucking minds. And they're infiltrating every level of our infrastructure. They are running for school board positions right now, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be paying the fuck attention. I don't know how much more clearly to say it. I don't know how much better to emphasize it. You need to fucking pay attention to who's running on the local level. And that takes me back to that whole beginning of this podcast. That's why I am done pussyfooting around local elected officials. These people are running for your, your town board, your township board, your county board, your state house, your school board, your library board, your park district board. They are, they're running for everything. You need to be paying attention to your local politics. Even your local politics that are on a federal level, your congressmen and women, your senators. I'm serious. That's what this guy in this next town over is. He's one of these conspiracy-driven loons. People like this cannot win their elections. We have to spread the word. 
everything shy of violence. Spread the word, right? Make sure you let every one of your neighbors and friends in your district, in your town, in your county, in your state know exactly who's on your ballot and what they stand for. Do a deep dive into them. Look into their social media platforms. Dig up articles on them. Find out interviews that they've done and read those interviews. Learn for yourself who's running for your local offices as much as you possibly can because you are going to be fucking surprised to see who's sitting in your school boards right now, let alone who's running for them in the future. Pay attention. These are the people. The people who believe that 103-year-old John F. Kennedy, who we've all seen on film, have his fucking head blown open, is still alive and pulling the levers of power and can just show up to Dealey Plaza in Texas in 2021 and anoint Trump president. These people are running for your school board. These people are running for your town board. I got no problem with Republicans in general. These people, these people are a clear and present danger. These people are legitimately crazy. And they know how to organize. Get on the Ballotpedia. Get onto your county websites, okay? Whatever county you're in has a website. And on that county website, you're going to have some information about elections. Go read who's on your ballot. Go read who's submitting uh, requests to run on your local ballots. Sometimes it's somebody that you're going to agree with completely, but they're just fucking nuts. But more and more often, you're going to find that more and more of these fucking lunatics are running. You see how many fucking people were in that crowd? Dealey Plaza? What, a few thousand maybe? Just hanging out at the spot where JFK got killed, waiting for him to come back to life. Jesus fucking Christ, man. It is no wonder these people can be persuaded that the dumbest among us are the most brilliant and looking out for their best interest. If we don't pay attention, we're going to be in for a world of hurt. It's that simple. It's that simple. You pay attention to who your kids talk to. You pay attention to who uh, moves into the neighborhood. You pay attention to who your family comes in contact with. You got to start paying attention to who's running for your local uh, local board, especially your school boards, people. Seriously. Look at your property tax bill and see how much of your money goes to your school board. See how much financial control your school board has in your town and then tell me how important it is to make sure you got good people in there
QAnon is not going away anytime soon. They're just not. They're getting more emboldened. They're getting crazier by the fucking day. And now they're getting some organizational uh, 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 entities behind them from a political stance. Now they're starting to become really fucking dangerous. Right? Trump, Trump was just a warning shot, folks. Trump was a warning shot. He just so happened to have the name recognition to make it happen the first time out the gate. The next one, the next one's going to be a Trump that knows how politics works. And you're not going to know how fucking crazy he is cause, or she because they're going to play that shit well. Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. And welcome to the month of November. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, unbelievable that we are we are here. Word of advice to you as we enter into this holiday season, buy your shit now. I am serious because uh, the shipping supply, uh, the, the supply chain problems, the shipping problems are going to only be exasperated as the holiday season goes on. And the longer we get into the holiday season, the more and more unlikely it is that your products are going to arrive on time time and you're going to be down to what is in the stores physically and a lot of people unfortunately are going to just be able to get what somebody can grab off the stores unfortunately should be a wrong word to use there everybody should be grateful for what they can get but my point being is it's just going to be what's on the shelves very soon this year which i believe is also going to drive up foot traffic in brick and mortar stores this year with the shipping problems that we're going to have, or that we're going to continue to have, it, watch for the Targets and the Walmarts and the Coles and the and the uh, whatevers to just be overloaded with people the deeper into the holiday season we go. Because the, the more and more websites have to look at people and go, I, I can't guarantee it's going to get there, the more people are going to abandon that cart and head right for the uh, physical store. To buy their stuff so get your shopping in early it is upon us there's no doing away with it there's no changing it there's no hiding from it there's no avoiding it it is here holiday season is upon us guys sorry there was a little bit more yelling than normal this week uh i'd still love to have some guests on here i still got to get that shit finalized so I can have a little bit of back and forth banter. Uh, don't forget to sign up for my Patreon, uh, Tom Powell Jr. over on Patreon. Uh, get yourself a copy of one of my first two books in paperback to stuff in somebody's stocking uh, or make as a as a as a gift. Go buy some of my funny merch off of my store as a as a white elephant gift or for yourself if you want. Um, and uh, I'll be back next week. Like I said, we're going to have episodes, I think, the next two weeks after this before we take a break for Thanksgiving week and then come back for a couple weeks in December before we take a break for Christmas week and New Year's week. Uh, so tune in next week for another episode. And uh, until then, as always, stay grateful. <laughs>